Welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons, and I'm a master certified life coach and an energy healer. I'm joined today with Amy Schoenthal. Amy is a journalist, marketing consultant, and the author of The Setback Cycle, a book about how today's prominent founders and leaders overcome obstacles to find success. As a contributor to Forbes Women and Harvard Business Review, she shines the spotlight on leaders who have been historically underestimated, yet are doing the work to solve society's biggest problems. Her work has included interviews with a wide range of leaders such as Senator Maisie Hirono, Tori Birch, Marie Kondo, Norma Kamali, and more. Amy also boasts a two-decade marketing career working with some of the world's largest brands from Procter & Gamble to Google. Now, through her consulting firm, Visionaries Collective, she works with founders, corporations, nonprofits, and small businesses to shape their brand narratives and captivate audiences through strategic storytelling. Amy previously wrote a children's book, A Magical Day in Sunnyside, a tribute to the independent-owned businesses in her own beloved neighborhood of Sunnyside, Queens, where she lives with her husband and five-year-old daughter. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Fun fact, you're the first Amy that I have had on Women Making Moves. I'm a little kindred. Were you, oh, that's awesome. It's a good name. Were you named after someone? My Aunt May. So they scrambled the letters and she was, from what I hear, very cool, very artsy, very creative and lived sort of an unconventional life. And um, she had no children of her own. So I kind of like that she has a legacy in me and my family, even though she had no children of her own. That's beautiful. Mine was, um, there was a great Aunt Amy. And interestingly, wow. no one can tell me a lot about her. I, I don't know. I want to study her somehow. Wow. I have, Yeah, I have a lot of plans for digging into my family history and sort of trying to honor Aunt May's legacy in, in fun new ways. So stay tuned. Amazing. I love that they scrambled the name. That's so unique. I feel like I don't meet a lot of Amy's these days. So I'm really happy to have you. Also from your bio, I feel like, I just feel so connected with you. I also have two decades of working in corporate America and as a marketing executive, and I pivoted to explore a beautiful new world of entrepreneurship and tapping back into my unique brilliance. And I also wrote a children's book and there's just a lot. Oh my God. (laughs) There's so many synchronicities um, that I didn't know. And I'm, I'm on the cusp of writing my own book. So I can't wait to chat with you more about that. So, oh my God, happy to help advise. I mean, I've just been through it. So please come to me with any questions. Ah, the setback cycle. I can't wait. So other than your, your book coming out, which is huge. And let's talk about that. What moves are you excited to be making and tell us more about the setback cycle? Sure. I actually came into 2024, really excited about the growth of my business. And I mean, I spent three years writing this book, getting it out into the world, editing it, et cetera. And so I'm trying to stay focused on that because this major accomplishment is happening. And I always thought would be like the big defining thing of 2024. But actually I have this other thing happening that's so exciting. That's lighting me up. I have the best clients. I am growing, you know, my scopes with all of my clients. And it's really nice because I think when any of us leave the corporate world and go into running our own businesses, there's a little bit of self-doubt. Like, are people really going to pay me? Are they going to hire me? Is it okay that it's just me now and I'm not attached to this big brand or big firm anymore? And, you know, I'm only six months in and it's 
like the biggest testament that I have been able to not only do it, but really do it successfully and get this validation from all these people who have, you know, hired me, started working with me and now want to continue and grow the amount of work that they're doing with me. So that's really exciting. And I think works well with, you know, the fact that I'm talking about how founders and leaders work through setbacks, because I'm not only living it, but I'm in the emerge phase of my own setback. So that's really, really fun. Are you in the phase of setback? It sounds like you're thriving. Emerge. Emerge is the final phase of the setback cycle when you emerge gloriously and you rise like a phoenix from the ashes. So I had some career setbacks in 2023. And as I researched and said about all these other people in the book, I'm now living it, right? Your setbacks can lead you to your most defining moments, to something that is greater than you ever could have imagined. And I am proof of that. I think even writing the book and becoming this expert on career and business setbacks, I didn't really understand it until I was truly, truly living it and embodying it. And yeah, turns out the theory and the framework, it actually works. So that's, that's good. (laughs) When does the book come out? March 19th, but you can pre-order it now. And so if you pre-order it now at all major retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, your local indie bookstore, it will arrive on your doorstep on March 19th. Amazing. Let's do that. Let's all pre-order. And I've learned through a a former guest that we both know that pre-orders matter. So So that, (laughs) and I didn't realize that, that, you know, as I, as I ponder the, the process of writing my own book. So again, so many synchronicities with you. It is incredibly And I'll speak for myself and I'd love your thoughts too. When we come from a world where we do have these big names attached to us, that's almost like our credibility, our clout. Mm -hmm. When we go off and do anything, whether it's like a networking or an event or a speaking, it's like, oh, I'm Amy from X, Y, or Z. And I've, again, I've always had the big names. Now, and starting my own business and I turn one on February 9th. Oh, uh, happy anniversary. Thank you so much. I'm doing a fun photo shoot, like very one-year-old birthday party, kind of like with the oh whole my God. in the cake. Where like, Oh I'm my like, God, I love that. That's I brilliant. I can't wait to see the photos. <laughs> it's like, because like it's, it's inviting, let's play. Like a business doesn't have to be so serious and maybe you disagree. So entering into this soul space for me, at least in 2023, into what I want to create And that I don't need the big names. I am the big name. I'm the value. You are. And you are too. So when you say you not only start a business and congratulations for six months in, it's not only successful and it's thriving and it's working. It's like, well, of course it is because you know your value. You know what you can do. Yeah, that's so true. Did you leverage the work that you had done for two decades in the corporate space for your consulting firm or is it really, would you say, separate? No, everything is intertwined. Everything is connected. All the work I do from writing to marketing, consulting to helping founders sort of elevate their presence online, on stage, in the marketplace, it's all connected. I'm I'm really good at storytelling. And I think a lot of people say that. I think what I'm really, really good at and like my superpower is sort of like absorbing information from people and mirroring it back to them in a way that helps them clarify their own presence and the magic that they create and put out into the world. And so a lot of times 
my clients will come to me and say, I have all these ideas. I do all these different things. I need someone to organize them so that I can, and then insert XYZ, have a better LinkedIn presence, get more op-eds, get more press, speak on more stages. And I just help them organize their own personal or brand narratives. And I do a lot of brand work too. You know, if someone's launching a brand or just needs to revise how they are putting a brand out into the world. It's it's the same thing, whether it's a person, a brand, a company. I also do fractional CMO work. I, you know, go into companies and I help reorganize their marketing departments, put in a briefing process, help them work better and collaborate better with other departments around their organization and help them make strategic hires to make sure that they are set up for success. Because I, again, it's it's the same thing. I take a person, a brand, or even like a department And I can just kind of mirror back the magic that they already have and help them elevate what they do best and prioritize things in a way that allows them and enables them to do their best work. And I can just kind of help fill in the gaps and organize them. So to me, it's like it's storytelling, it's listening, and it's organizing and prioritizing. Like that's what I do. That's that's the same way I write an article, you know, collect all the information, do all the interviews, have what what I call the chaotic compiling phase where you've got like eight to 10 pages of notes and then you just organize it into something that, you know, is a coherent and cohesive story. As a trained professional coach, everything that you're saying, it's like, wow, you're, you're a coach. Like you're an amazing, (laughs) especially what you said about mirroring back what Mm -hmm. someone's saying. Yeah, I get that a lot. I do get that a lot. And then people ask me if I can coach them. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm not like a professional certified coach. Like there are people who are really good at that and I will send you to them. But yeah, I think obviously, I think being a good leader in any role, in any industry means being a good coach and understanding the people who are coming to you. And I think it's the same with consulting. You have to be a good leader and a good coach and frankly, just a good listener and know how to understand what people really want and need and figure out ways to help them, you know, reach their goals, get to where they are and like show them what they're really capable of. For me, one of the big reasons that I pivoted away from corporate is that I actually felt that in the hustle, bustle, in the grind, in the only focus of being the bottom line, everybody actually stopped listening. And so that was a an environment that was really stifling and not conducive to my magic. And so that's where I stepped out. What I guide my clients to is remembering their magic. Literally my business is called Unlock the Magic. Remembering who they are so that they can shine back outward despite their environment. So tell me about the setback cycle. If you want to share the different stages, you mentioned about Emerge. I would love to hear more about what that looks like. Of course. So there's four phases of the setback cycle. You have your establish, embrace, explore, and emerge. The first phase is establish because understanding and identifying when you are entering a setback is not always as intuitive as one may think. Sure, there are the setbacks that are the big dramatic events, getting laid off, getting fired, Breaking up with a business partner, divorce, right? Setbacks are not always career or business. They're personal. They're societal. You understand when there's a dramatic setback that shakes up your world. What people don't always recognize is the more subtle micro setbacks that happen every day that together could lead to a big one. So a lot of that first chapter is 
helping people identify if they are in a setback. And that's where I actually tell my personal story because I'm someone who didn't realize they were in a setback until years later. And then when I talk to people about the book, about the framework, a lot of people look back at experiences they had and recognize that, oh, that was a setback. Because a setback, you know, there's a lot of talk about trauma, obstacles, making mistakes. Yes, going through the setback cycle could be working through a trauma, learning from your mistakes, overcoming obstacles, but it is not necessarily any of those, right? It is something in the middle. A setback is defined as a reversal in progress. So it is when the path ahead of you is no longer there, when you have been working towards something, moving forward, and then you are unexpectedly bumped backwards. So it's not always a big dramatic thing. It's not always you know, something that you did that is your fault or someone else's fault. A lot of times it's in the middle. And so that's why I wanted to explore this concept of setbacks, because I think that people have touched on it here and there, but no one has really explored the psychology behind setbacks. And it's so nuanced and it's so personal to your own experience. Like someone could have, you know, an identical experience and one person can see it as a setback and one person can see it as a gift. It just depends on your individual circumstances. And that's why the first phase is establish. Then phase two is embrace, which is where you have to, okay, you you are in a setback. Here's what we have to do to sort of evaluate the information, analyze the data, and just kind of like collect and digest the information. I don't like this phase. It's when you have to like really feel your feelings and do the work and be really introspective. And everyone wants to fast forward through this phase. I always do. Um, You can't. (laughs) You can go quickly through it if you, you know, do the work and really like get the information because then phase three, which is my favorite, this is explore. This is when you start to play with what's possible. You uh, try out different things. You talk to people. You lean on your community. And this is like, what's really fun about this too is like, it's the non-committal phase. It's when you're just testing things out. And so if you were laid off from your job, you understand, you, you went through embrace, you understand why that felt so bad, why you felt insulted, why you, you know, felt whatever you felt. Now you're exploring, well, should I just get another job? Should I start my own business? Should I just go explore this like pottery hobby? You know, you're, you're exploring. And that's really fun because you haven't committed to that path forward yet. Emerge is the fourth phase of the setback cycle. Again, where you gloriously emerge, you have your phoenix moment, you rise from the ashes and you overcome your setback. But this is also kind of hard because after you do all this work and you go through the setback cycle and you do all the exploring and the testing and you decide, okay, this is going to be my path forward, you're kind of tired. Like you're exhausted from all the work and it's great to make plans. I think, you know, this is, it's January, right? It's January 4th. I think a lot of us, we were all pumped to do all our reflection in December and think through, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my intention for the new year. Here's my word of the year. Here's my focus of the year. We can rebrand New Year's resolutions all we want. But like everyone did all this planning and then like first day of work comes in January and everyone wakes up. And yes, some people are like motivated, ready to go. And some people are just like, oh, now I have to do all those things I said I would do. There's this exhaustion period when you start the emerge phase. But eventually that is sort of 
you might need a little rest at the beginning of it, but that is sort of where you climb out of your setback and you feel really, really good and really proud of what you've accomplished because it wasn't handed to you. You worked for this and that is more rewarding than anything. And I think that's why when I interviewed all these founders and leaders for my columns, the thing that lit them up and the thing that they were so excited to tell me was the story of when they climbed out of their own setback. Out of the four stages, one of the questions I have, especially if, as I look back on on my experience and how I feel about so many humans, humanity in general right now, especially after the pandemic, it was a record scratch moment for all of us. Like, uh, what? None of us have lived on this plane and experienced that type of thing where we all literally the whole world is at home. Mm-hmm, what? Yeah. And so in in many ways, we all did experience a setback and that was more obvious. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to your point, I'm a very much of like any setbacks or gifts. My spirit team is redirecting me and that's awesome. And that's newer for me. It used to be happening all to me rather than for me. And I've had this beautiful awakening. Anyway, I find that there is a desperation almost for familiarity that we want to just get back to where it was, where things were, because it's quote unquote, safe or secure or familiar to the point where your first phase established has become really difficult for people because they don't even realize that they are in a, let's say, uh, maybe a toxic cycle or a pattern, or they have trauma that is unresolved, or that they're in a toxic workplace situation, or that they're simply on autopilot and not really living day to day. So what would you say about even getting to that first cycle? Like what type of acknowledgement needs to happen? And do you help people? Because yeah. again, as a coach, once you acknowledge it, I like, I love your second phase. Like that's, that's my jam. Yeah. So like, that's where I like to get in and help people do that introspective work. But I would imagine for many, especially in the hardwired nine to five corporate space that you and I both been in, even being aware What would you say about those that might not even establish might be the hardest phase? It is often the hardest phase. One thing I want to go back to really quick before I answer the question is you said that setbacks are always a gift. I don't agree with that. I don't think they're always a gift. I don't agree with people who say everything happens for a reason because I think sometimes things just happen and they stink and it is not for any reason. That said... You will have setbacks. You will have things that happen. Now you have a playbook to work through them as productively as you can. And so that's just my little sort of PSA. I am not here to like glorify pain or, you know, encourage suffering or anything like that. And so that's my one little thing that I want to say. But for me, I just went for me. Yeah. They can be. They can be a gift. They can be transformative. I mean, I'm living proof of that. And I think you are too. But I do want to say like, sometimes things just happen and they they just are not fun. Sometimes we're humans and being human is hard. And sometimes days suck. And that's also true. Exactly. (laughs) So I just want to acknowledge that. But to your point about going on autopilot, That is a big part of the established phase. And that is a big part of how people sleepwalk into setbacks. So many people sleepwalk into setbacks. I'm someone who did this. And 
That is why one of the first, I believe it might be the first exercise I have in the book is called the alarm clock checklist. It's intended to wake you up if you think you might be sleepwalking into a setback. And so it's really just a list of questions, a checklist. It's a list of questions to ask. And what's great about it is, yes, it will wake you up if you think you're sleepwalking into a setback, but it also will re-engage you in work that you're really passionate about. If you're really passionate about your work, it might just be the the tool to infuse new energy into your day-to-day. So it can go two different ways. It's like not that scary. Two of the questions that I always talk about from the alarm clock checklist are ask yourself every single day when you look at your activities for the day, what am I energized by and what am I disengaged with? And how can you recalibrate, really list it out, do the homework, right? Really list these answers out and then think through your reality, what is realistic for you to do more of the things you're energized by and less of the things that you're disengaged with? Can you recalibrate your day-to-day life? Can you recalibrate some of the bigger projects you've committed to taking on so that you can be more energized by them? Or, you know, this is really a great exercise in setting your boundaries, right? If something is not going to fall into the, this is going to energize me category, then it's an easy no right? What's the saying? If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. I mean, that's just like a really interesting way to reframe it. But yeah, we we don't want to sleepwalk through setbacks, but we often sleepwalk through setbacks. And so this is a nice way to wake yourself up. Okay. And then there's another thing that I was thinking about with, um, and again, I love the second phase. It's my favorite, but <laughs> the, the third and fourth. So the explore, that's something that was probably the most fun and that I'm a little bit still doing is that I, I'm not ever in my life going to just be one thing or do one thing ever again. But the way that I feel I was raised and depending on which generation that you were raised by, you grow up, you go to school, you get a job, you retire to Florida and then you die unsubscribe. That's not something that I ever felt good with. And I feel, and again, there's so many out there to your point, I'm never brushing a broad stroke because I champion and I amplify every unique brilliance. I'm never speaking on behalf of everybody, but I feel that part of the fun that we kind of forget about when we're an adult, when we're taught to subscribe to the formula of doing boom, boom, like hitting, hitting all of these like milestones, we're not remembered like, Hey, keep learning, keep playing keep exploring. Like, do you want to do this, this side thing for a minute? Like I designed a, a line of handkerchiefs last year. Cause I got my nose pierced and I was oh like, my- let's do that. It's, I never want to lose that third phase of explore. I never yeah. want to lose. You don't because have to. What's interesting is what you said earlier is I actually do want to talk to you about funny. I I'm a marketing expert. I don't like doing marketing. A lot of things for myself. <laughs> no, none of us do. None of us do. It's always so, easier to have someone else do your marketing. So I want to talk with you about some things um, that that struck my, uh, that I want to do this year that I want to get more into, but I don't, I'm not blocked. I just don't want to. Anyway. You're so, disengaged with that. So you want to outsource it. That's okay. That's brilliant. The idea, especially for women to do one thing the rest of our lives, that's why I'm a, I'm obsessed with the explore exploration. And then when you do establish, I want to ask you, is it established 
and still be open to more exploration. Is there like an and there? Of course. Yeah. And to be clear, when you establish that you're in a setback, Mm. you don't have to blow up your whole life or totally reroute. All you're doing is collecting information. That's why you wait and you go through the embrace phase, because that's going to dictate the things that you're going to explore in the explore phase. And one of the things I think you will probably love is the curiosity quiz. And that's the part where you really try to explore not only the things you're curious about on a day-to-day basis, like the little, the articles you read and the topics that you're interested in, but really getting down into the capital C deep rooted curiosity where you kind of have to like excavate some stuff from like your childhood. Like what lit you up as a kid? Did you do team sports and why did you love that? And kind of making connections into those deep rooted curiosities and what is going to light you up now and what you can realistically incorporate into your life. Again, this is not a book that tells you to totally change everything. It acknowledges that many of us have mortgages or rent to pay and need health insurance. So I'm not here to say quit your day day job and go, you know, start your own business. If that's what you want to do, that's great, but be smart about it. Go through the cycle, set yourself up for success, build your foundation. And then when you're ready, move forward. That's exactly right. And I, that's what I always share about the way I started my business, I'm not suggesting everyone should do what I do, which was literally, I had a last straw moment. And I said, Mm -hmm. Oh, today's my last day. Oh my God. God. That is very brave. I mean, good for you. That's, that's cool. That story I want to hear. I'll tell you about it. It's also scary. But I also share with everyone. I'm like, absolutely too much change too quickly can cause more trauma. We have so many different avenues let's build a bridge to the avenue that feels most safe and authentic to you to be able to explore and connect to your highest self. So setbacks can suck and they can be beautiful. And Amy's book, The Setback Cycle, walks you through four beautiful phases to help you understand that you are experiencing a setback and then also how to walk through it. Again, I feel as a corporate executive woman, I was just like plowing through. I'm just going to get through it. And I was going to just numb everything so I didn't feel anything, you know? So we talked about resolutions earlier. So I want to point to a, a post that you made recently. And <laughs> and you mentioned this, which is funny, from a day ago. Give me all your tips on how to approach work today. Feeling a lot of pressure to keep resolutions, start new habits, and be super productive after a week off. But it's overwhelming how are you all easing back in this morning? And it, this spoke to me because I made a similar post and I was like, <laughs> are y'all okay? I'm like, are okay out there? I was like feeling a collective energy, like, <sighs> was, you know, the moment you get, you hit the office, especially I'm going to draw back on my nine to five corporate world. The moment you get back in office, how's your holiday? How's your time off? You're inundated. Let's circle back. I'm bumping this up to the top of your inbox. What were you feeling? Uh, did you get a lot of feedback that day from folks that were kind of struggling with the the comeback? And what kinds of information did you get from this probe? I think that one of the things so many of us were excited to do in 2024 was plan new things, set new habits, like figure out what our new goals are. And like, we all got new planners. Like I got a new planner I was really pumped about. And We're all making all these fun plans and making all these big declarations of things we're going to do maybe differently. Even the 
the people who were saying, we're going to be gentle on ourselves in the new year and things like that, like the more, the softer resolutions, the things that felt more tangible and more easy to accomplish. I think we all woke up that for not January 1st, but January 2nd, when it was time to sort of like return to the office, return to the grind. And we were all like, ooh, how am I going to be easy on myself when I have to actually sit at a desk and go back to my inbox and oh yeah, I made all these really great big strategies and I have all these plans, but now I have to actually put them into action. And I think everyone was just tired, right? It's like the beginning of the emerge phase. You've done all this work, you've done all this strategizing, all this planning, and you're really motivated to do it until you have to actually get off the couch and do it. And so I think that's that collective, oh, that you felt on January 2nd. I think that's what it was. Everyone was really, I think everyone was, pretty motivated to say goodbye to 2023. It was a rough year and everyone was like ready to usher in this new blank slate and let's say blank page, but a blank page can be terrifying. And there's a lot of pressure to do it right this year. Again, even if that means being more relaxed, giving yourself grace, being easy on yourself, being gentle on yourself. Well, if you haven't been gentle on yourself for your entire life, how are you supposed to start today? So even that is daunting. So I think that's how we all felt that day. And I put that post up because I felt it. And I thought that other people might be interested in having a discussion. And yeah, it it blew up. The post blew up. It went nuts. Everyone was, you know, sharing their habits and the things they were excited to do, but also commiserating and saying, yeah, like this kind of stinks. Um, I definitely felt that. I actually took the second off and I just flowed with it because my, 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 my body and mind and my soul and my spirit were kind of like straddling the line. Like part of me was in 23 and I was like, what is this? And I also don't feel that we should like beholden ourselves to like a day. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, it's a flip. It's a light switch. Go. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a lot of people felt like it was. Oh gosh. I don't make resolutions anymore. I glow by the lunar cycles, like new moon, full moon, and I'll set intentions. I'll manifest things like that. I try not to be beholden because it's a lot of pressure and it can like into setbacks. (laughs) And I feel like you should make your own journal that helps prompt people to plan new cycles and set new intentions through the lunar cycle. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe it exists, but I haven't seen it yet. That's, that's something I think you should own. Thank you for that. And I am open to all opportunities as I explore further into Unlock the Magic this year. Um, I love that. Thank you so much. At this point, what would you say as we start to wind down, what would you say to people who both understand what you're trying to say with the setback cycle and support your work, love to engage like we've have in this in this hour? Also, those that are like, what you talking about? What do you mean about a setback cycle? And like, what if I don't fall into one of these, these steps, like the folks that maybe don't get it? You don't have to get it. Here's the thing. This book is not just a conceptual hypothetical framework. This book is a collection of stories of founders and leaders who worked through setbacks to find success. And they're not all big dramatic setbacks. A lot of them are smaller. A lot of them are, you know, just dealing with microaggressions of day-to-day work, day-to-day, just like people who are online. And if you don't think you're in a setback or you don't care about the advice piece of it, just read the book for the inspirational stories of people who had really fascinating journeys. Um, You know, there's people who you've heard of like Norma Kamali, Robin Arzone, uh, Stacey London. Those are all well-known people 
whose journeys have been, you know, covered by the media and you might be familiar with them. We dig into their setback stories and it's really fascinating because what happened to them, they took a personal thing that happened to them and they used it to better society and inspire others. But there's also a ton of stories in here of people you've never heard of and you're going to want to learn more about. And so I have the everyday people who just went through like the pandemic. I have two bar owners in Louisville who had to shut down their bar a year in and they actually, they literally turned lemons into lemonade. They created a lemonade stand when the city of Louisville banned the sale of liquor at the onset of the pandemic because they created a community. They created a space, sure, but they created a community and that community showed up for them. And I remember one of the founders saying, oh my God, I think we might actually be able to make one month's rent from this lemonade stand. And that is just an exa- one example of people who went through the setback cycle and built things that not only bettered their community, but ended up being a life raft for themselves. And so if you don't want to hear about how to work through setbacks, just go read the stories. I mean, that's what motivated me to write the book and to explore this concept. So if it was an inspiration to me, it'll be an inspiration to you. And then you know what? You might just like get some information that you'll store in your brain and you'll have at the ready if you go through your own setback. Yes, they are mostly focused on career and business, but of course, it's all personal, societal. It's all intertwined. Beautiful. Amy, where do we find you? TheSetbackCycle.com has all the information about the book, but on Instagram, I'm Amy Show, A-M-Y-S-H-O, and I'm Amy Showenthal on LinkedIn. Awesome. Closing remarks for us. Just thank you so much for having me and for showing interest in The Setback Cycle. I think any tool in our toolbox that helps us achieve that level of being our highest and truest and best selves, especially when we're at our lowest points, is going to make us all better citizens of the world. And so I think what you're doing on this podcast is wonderful. And I am really honored that you invited me to to come talk to you here. So thank you. Thanks, Amy, so much. Thank you. 